All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wanye, I think I would guard the massive escalator up to the second floor of Roger's place. <laughs> I hate to break the fishing news after Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down, Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network Podcast. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 249 of the Real Life Podcast, and it's a loaded one. This is going to be a ton of fun. Tyler Uremchuk's here. Bag Milk's here. Jay's here. Wanye's here. And we're going to be joined by a couple of guests today. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by David Arrigo. And if you're sitting there going, I don't know who that is. He's the guy who painted Mike Smith's new mask. He's done a bunch of masks for guys around, uh, around hockey. He did one for the World Juniors this year as well. He's done some artwork with the NHL. Um, we'll be plugging his Instagram on the Real Life Podcast's Instagram as well. Go check it out. He does some cool stuff. But he's going to stop by, and we're going to ask him uh, just some questions about working. Like, how does someone get in to the business of painting goalie masks? That fascinates me. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Scott Hastings from Odd Shark coming up towards the end of the show as well. Before we do that, and before I let anyone else talk, I need to say that this podcast is brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Proceeds from every single in-store and curbside pickup order go towards local charities. They've already raised $100,000, and you can help them raise more, and you can help yourself not be hungry because Oodle Noodle is delicious. Wanye, bagged milk, Jay, that win last night. I'm going to go to Wani first because he's running the Twitter account. And now because he's running the Twitter account, I feel like he's the uh, he's he should be the only one allowed to comment on the games. Uh, last Holy night's win, mackerel. Last night's win was not <laughs> sexy. Are you OK with that? I'm fine with that. It's all good. It was a very boring win, but a win's a win. And who gives a shit? 
I think that's bang on. Like to me, like we all wanted them to play better defensively and they did play better defensively. And then people were like, well, they didn't dominate the leaf. So it's not a good win. Jay, do you care at all? Or you just want two points? No, I, I didn't care at all. It was, it, you know, the guys went back to basics, you know, a boring game is going to be the result. You know, we went to Toronto and we won and that's all that matters. And hopefully we can just build off of this and start creating some momentum. Sometimes I feel like an ugly win can actually help your confidence a lot. Like when you dominate and beat a team, it's kind of like, ah, it's going to be easy. But when you grind out a win like that and just squeak it out, it's kind of like, a, okay, we got that one. Now we know that if we play better next game, like it's going to be another two points. Bag Milk, what were the people saying on the beat cast? I think everybody was just happy to get a win after back-to-back losses that the team just didn't really look good. I was wondering how long it was going to be before we were going to see a real Dave Tippett shutdown style game that we used to always get with, um, with the coyotes when he was there. And last night I felt like that's what it looked like. It was boring. It was defensive or offensively devoid at most times, but you know what? Two points or two points and who gives a shit They're, All that matters is the standings. And the standings, I don't know if anyone's checked them recently, but they're a little fucked up. It's basically like Ottawa has three points. They're in last, but they've only played three games like points percentage wise. It's just, it's incredibly tight. And I think that's, well, it's exactly what we expected. And this year is going to be a roller coaster and it's proving true. But um, there's talk that Matthews might not play tomorrow for the Leafs. And why? what's going on with him? Uh, Keith just said he didn't feel right last game or something like that. He Keith worded it like really odd and said, he's like a game time decision. Basically Oilers could get back James Neal as well. Like, Again, I'm trying not this year to like live and die with every win and loss because I feel like I'll go insane if that happens. But I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling really good about this team, and I was not feeling really good 24 hours ago. What's up, Jay? Can we talk? Oh, first of all, I got to say, uh, send some appreciation Wanye's way. The Twitter account is very a very fun follow. Uh, oh yeah, the helm. well done. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing the wild randomness back. It's entertaining. Oh, I'm Good. fighting with half a dozen people on any given tweet. I've got a few enemies, yeah. but I've followed them all. So let's just make this frenemy relationship real, people. You can troll me. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but I kind of want to talk just a little bit about. Connor's physicality. Yeah. Like, like he is going out, he is finishing his checks. He's looking for the hit. He's, he's, he's jumping in the scrum or leading the scrum. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was, was a dry sidle dry sidle kind of got into a little bit, kind of skated away right at the end of a period. Yeah. McDavid came in and gave the guy a little business and I'm like, fuck, we've got a mad Connor on our hands. Like it's not, he's not getting like the crazy points right now, but I'm just loving this fire that he's bringing to the season. Through four games or three games, he had like nine hits already. And you can tell just watching, like, he's not flying by. And there are some guys on this team that are doing a lot of flybys. Zach Cassian, that shouldn't be. But Connor McDavid's definitely leading by example in terms of, like, the physicality side of things. 100%. Now, yeah. Thank you for bringing up Zach. Dude, you signed Uh, your ticket. But, man, come and do your job. Okay, but... Here's what concerns me. Here's what concerns me with Cassian is that in his first go around with the Oilers, they got him. He was lights out. They gave him a two year contract. And in the first year of that contract, he was brutal. Like he was not good. Remember he was the Oilers gave him permission to go find a trade. That's how bad he was in November. And then it's contract time. He plays really well. He gets a deal. And now he's back to 
being rather pedestrian for the majority of this season so far. And it's concerning and people are going to go, Oh, well no crowds are really hurting his ability to get into the game. Don't care, dude. No crowd. There's no crowds for everyone. Your job is to bring energy and score the two on ones. He's not doing either. Yeah. I mean, just something to keep watching. Even the play on Matthew's goal last night, it was just a comedy of errors. First of all, Cassian got out-muscled on the boards. It didn't even, just gave it an old mail-in stick swipe. And then after that, Koskinen allowed the one goal last night was just gross. So it was a very, like, tough play to swallow. And it started with Cassian just, in my opinion, looking like he doesn't, he's not engaged whatsoever right now. Not I feel like these are very low-energy games, though, so far. Like, there aren't huge hits. There's maybe some scrum behind the net, but nothing really of any significance. Well, are- we, we, we need to assert that. Like, we got to bring that energy. Agree. Like, we should be. Oh, I agree. We can't let, like, Montreal comes in in that first game and it was kind of muscling us. Like, you got to, like, fire back and fight fire with fire and start hitting and crushing guys. Like, yeah. you know who I was looking at it's, the other day? It, the Joey Moss documentary. They talked to Rafi Torres. And Rafi was sitting there. He looks great. He's got a cool manicured beard and shit. Like, do you remember how that guy would just go out and absolutely rearrange somebody and change the entire course of the game? Oh, what was that I hit in the San Jose series, right? Where he oh, completely yeah. changed the tide. Probably should have gotten along, suspended. Right along but. the blue line. Yeah, suspended forever. I think that we fondly remember plays like that and wish that Kara or Cassian was of that ilk. And occasionally they do it. But I swear, the last guy, the last Oiler who would really make his presence felt and change the course of games, I swear no one's done it since Torres. Well, Cassian, Cassian when he's Cassian on, will do in it. That, that, in Cassian in that San Jose series was a fucking factor. And I but think when too, he's more engaged like that, yeah. the points, and, and he'll start scoring more. Like, look at him in that series. He, I think it was Dylan, like, demolished him and a bunch of others and scores I think was that a shorthanded goal he scored when he did did the face to face glass thing with the fan in the stands yeah. like like that he's like a wild that, man who's got his life together he's like a guy who used to be wild and now he's like pulled himself together personally and professionally and that doesn't lend itself well to being an intimidator yeah but like you got to figure it out then would be my thing like there are plenty of tough guys who have it figured out off the ice and have a family and all that like you know just because you're a dad yeah, doesn't mean you shouldn't go beat Sam the piss Gagne. out of someone yeah you need to have a wild man if you yeah. want a wild man role and i don't think we're getting cassie in hockey because we want him to chip the puck down the ice and play smart perimeter d or whatever the hell it is we want him to go there and fuck people up and get the n- nights where there is no energy he is takes it upon himself to put energy into the game i hate to yeah. say it you know who does it better than most anybody down highway two is the certain curly haired fellow Matt Kachuk, and you love talking about your new friend Matt Kachuk on this podcast. I love, I love Matt Kachuk. It makes me feel terrible. Just to 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 add on to what Jay was saying about manufacturing that emotion, I'm looking at the score sheet from last night. Basically, the exact same amount of ice time. Josh Archibald had six hits. Zach Cassian had two. Archibald's half the size, but he always has a motor that seems to go, and it seems like he's getting rewarded with i mean he got the empty netter last night and that was just because of good positioning and hard work there's no reason zach cassian couldn't do the same thing 100 percent. like just go back to last even last year zach cassian in the very first shift 
of that game against Colorado set the fucking tone and set the stage telling Colorado and almost like it, it, well we ended up winning but like solidifying the fact we were going to win that game when he blew up McKinnon yeah like we that's we we need that we need that if we want it because that some of that stuff either sets the momentum for us regains momentum when we've lost it like we need that presence and it's we need like it's 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 nurse and him that are the two people that have got that ability and i really i don't know why the fuck nurse let up on that hit he could have absolutely demolished time i think it was hyman there and i don't know why he let up <laughs> he pulled back was really weird demolished I, I, think, I think he was worried about a hit to the head i i i hope that's the case i don't know if it would have been one but if if that was the case, I can I can appreciate it, but like that was on a T. Yeah, you know he's got an amazingly cool haircut. It's like kind of like a mullet. It's like shaved on the side, but long in the back. Me? Matthew Kachuk. Oh. <laughs> I got I got the long hair going right now. It's like pooping you're no Matthew the end of my Kachuk. Tube. Even on your best day, you're up, Jake. How dare you? Look, I think I have a problem. I actually like an active flame, and that was okay with Jerome McGinley yeah, because of all say. the Canadian, but not Matthew Kachuk. I'm becoming what I hate. This must be how Two-Face feels in Batman. Fatherhood is changing you, maybe. Oh, maybe I'm all nice now. You're sympathetic. You understand that, somebody. I'm with you. We need somebody who's going to go out there and say, either A, this game is emotionless, or B, this game is headed in the wrong direction. And maybe I don't have what it takes to score a goal to reverse the scorecard, but I can make some momentum happen here, and I'm going to go run a guy through the glass. That's not too much to ask. No, it's not. And to me, I don't really care all that much of Zach Cassian scoring all the goals. But if he's not scoring and he's not producing physically, then what is he doing? He's not killing this is like, Remember he's when not Ryan Jones did this? Remember when Ryan Jones used to run guys over and then yeah. they got a good ticket deal and then all of a sudden he's a goal scorer? I think yeah. that you need to have a certain level of like hunger and desperation to like have, make every shift count. And maybe your yeah. MTrack's right. Maybe that shit only happens in a contract year. Well, that, then that's a bummer because he's the kind of guy who, when he's on his game, it can be very effective and change things. And he should be crumpling guys up and sticking them in his bum. You know what but I mean? But he has like, to have a screw loose in my mind. When he goes in the penalty box after doing something awesome and one eye's pointed bug out and he's like, you know what I mean, yelling, that isn't keeping your emotions in check and playing disciplined hockey. You need that screw loose. I just maybe feel like need, his screw is tight. <laughs> maybe they need to just lock him in a cage pregame and start poking him with a stick. Do you see my Something idea about making going. fans live in the stands at other games? You see that idea on Twitter? Yeah, I saw that. That was confusing. What I thought we should do is it, to make the games more interesting, just release fans to live wild inside the arena for the whole season. And all and they, they can eat is the food in there. Well, you could leave raw meat and they can attack for it. I assume very quickly they would fashion crude weapons and it would devolve into some sort of alliance system. But that's oh, what I'm. Well, yeah, we would need to also, we would need to be yeah. all of this. Cause I would love to see a Rogers play style hunger games happening yeah. by two they or three weeks in they're building shanties. It'd be amazing. Chalmers is here. Uh, Chalmers comes in at an awkward point, but what did you think of the win last <laughs> night? Uh, I was, uh, I was happy and I was not very faithful going into that game. Um, oh. And so I was, I was really happy because if, if we came out of that game with a loss, um, I believe that even my panic would have set in just from the small things that I'm seeing. 
and that is in the sense of um, the way the team is playing. The fact that it doesn't seem like at any point they're really gaining the blue line with any sort of, um, uh, you know, set plays or momentum. They just kind of – it's a lot of dumping and chasing. It's a lot of – the transition game looks like it's a mess right now. Um, I saw about – they can't pass about five or six times where it got dumped in and even a guy like Cassian would go in and it was like he would get a stick on the puck but no control and the guy would just turn away from him they'd break out and I was like if you're going to play dump and chase and Cassian's not even going to get in there and bang a body and like really pin that puck against the boards and start a cycle then what's the fucking point right and too many times I saw the, the, the transition game turn into one guy two up too far up, having to straddle the blue line, losing his momentum, a guy gaining the blue line with some speed, two other guys out of position, and absolutely no real structure to it. We're going to pause the Oilers talk for just a second because we got a guest hopping on here. So uh, best behavior, everyone, as I bring David Arrigo into the Real Life Podcast. We're going to talk about the Mike Smith helmet in a second because it's a beautiful piece of work. Uh, Before we get into that, I'm just curious. How does someone get into the business of painting goalie masks? Like what were kind of the steps you took to get into that? Well, like with all the rest of my business in my life, it was very unconventional to be honest with you. Um, Cause I've been working with the NHL for the better part of 20 years. I started off basically back in 99 when Gretzky was getting inducted to the hall of fame. Uh, the hall of fame asked me to do a large mural celebrating his induction. They brought me in there. Um, where was the NHL had then seen me and asked me to do the uh, NHL All-Star Game, which was in 2000, and, uh, in 2000 in Toronto. So I did a large mural for them there. And uh, basically I did the All-Star Game every year after that. In 2008 or nine, I can't remember which one it was. Um, it was in Dallas and I was doing a large painting there. And Mike Smith's father approached me and asked me if I was interested in doing a goalie mask. And at the time I had no desire at all to get involved in business. I was, you know, I was busy enough. And uh, he sort of, you know, he coaxed me along when he got back to Toronto and he said, listen, let's hook up. Let's just do one mask. So I agreed to uh, doing the, the mask for Smitty. And it was around the Christmas season. So we decided to come up with something special, which was the Grinch mask. And it had the Grinch come pulling off all the other uh, team's logos off the uh, off the tree. Um, I didn't really think about it, but we did a story with ESPN a couple of years ago. And that was literally probably one of the first seasonal masks, if you will. Like we take it for granted these days that like every goalie has like five or six different masks and stuff like that. Back then it was like, it was basically one standard mask for most goalies. Like there was no change-ups and everything like that. So um, that uh, mask got a lot of great attention and Smitty was then traded over to Tampa. And uh, you know, to say that we produced probably five or six masks a year would be an understatement, you know, like a great example is when we did the, um, well, at the time, Orrin Coolis, uh, the creator of Saw movies, he was one of the owners of uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, he reached out to me and he's, and uh, he's being friends with Smitty. They're having dinner. They said they wanted to do a, a Saw mask, like a, a Halloween theme mask. So, because there was a Saw movie, coming out, but um, the crazy thing is that, you know, you got to be careful with that. Uh, in the NHL. So I did it like, you know, I just took some scary scenes from the previous movies, put it on the mask. I didn't know this, but the other goalie, I can't remember who it was, uh, his artist actually put on Saw coming out in November. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, pro- literally like a day or two later, I get a call from uh, New York uh, office saying, what the hell are you thinking? I was like, I didn't do that mask. You know? so <laughs> 
And it just proceeded over the years. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough that I've been working with uh, guys like Terry Price, Brent Johnson, Brian Elliott, uh, Anthony Yame. Like, I, I've had numerous goalies. I don't do as many as I have in the past uh, goalies. Mike uh, is probably one of the only goals I'm working with these days. I've got a couple of other guys that will ask me for just one-off helmets. The problem I have is just the timing because these guys need these helmets right away. And uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, my schedule doesn't allow for that because I do so much other things. Like masks is a great part of my business, but it's a small part of my business. I really enjoy doing it. But uh, at this point, you know, I've got a, a lot of other things on the go. So I've got a lot of questions about masks and I've looked into your stuff and like, it's not only uh, limited to masks. There's a lot of shoes. There's a lot of like your portraits and stuff. So you said that they need these masks quickly and I'm going to jump to my very first question. How long does it take you to make one of those? So when, when Smithy comes to you with the idea and he tells you about the new mask that you want to make from the time you start to the time it's, it's finished, how long is that process? Okay, well, first off, we're going to have to lay some parameters here. If I'm dealing with certain goalies, I can do it pretty quickly. Dealing with Smitty, it's a whole world. <laughs> he, he, gets, uh, he gets so involved in it, it it's, pretty, it's pretty humorous. Like, at some points, it's so frustrating, Ashley. And uh, there's been a few points a few years there over the summers that uh, his wife would play uh, buffer between us. Um, <laughs> concepts. But um, off the start, like, you know, we could – like if it need be, a mask could be literally turned around in a week if had to be. Um, like, but with Smitty's mask, we usually know like we're going into the season, we're throwing ideas around, and um, you know, like the design process will be over probably a period of two or three weeks, and the actual paint party part of it would probably be about maybe about five days, depending on the complexity of the mask. So, is there actually masks on the cutting room floor that you produced, and he just—it wasn't exactly what he was thinking. Like, is there is there a bunch of masks that are like half done up to that point, or it doesn't even get to there? No, it doesn't get More to the, the design. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's all it's all on paper design and stuff like that. And I like to okay. say, no matter every mask that we design, we always go back to my first concept, anyways. But he'll have. Something <laughs> Uh, so that leads us into the one that, well, we haven't gotten a chance to see him wear it this year yet, but just looking at the picture of it, just beautiful. It's got the Grant Fear aspect, obviously the great tribute to Joey Moss on the back, but sort of what, how did the vision start and how did the design end up looking the way it does? Um, well, you know, with the unfortunate passing of uh, Joey last year, uh, I was speaking to Smitty, like we'll speak like once or twice a week or whatever like that. But uh, as soon as that had, uh, had happened, he said to me, he goes right off the start, we're going to be doing a, a tribute to uh, Joey Moss. We have to figure that out into the mask. Um, and then as we got closer to the season, he came back to me. So a couple of years ago, or maybe about five years ago, when he was playing with the Coyotes, we used to have this one design that uh, the Coyote was wrapped around the mask in animated goalie equipment and stuff like that. And he said to me, he goes, I want to go back to that. Um, that same feeling, that same idea. And at the same time, I want to sort of, you know, throw a, a shout out to uh, Grant Fuhrer. So then that's when we came up with sort of the rough concept of where, like, you know, he chose the mask, which Grant uh, Fuhrer mask that he wanted sort of to be symbolized on the front of the mask. And then I, I looked uh, for, through various images and we chose the actual setup that he was um, wearing when he had that mask on. So the, 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 the the color pattern and all that matches the actual mask that uh, we painted on there. So it was a lot of fun, that piece. Absolutely. So for Mike, I see like the Alice Cooper mask when he was in Phoenix. How many masks have you made for him? I, you know what? I, I couldn't tell you. Honestly, like, 
Okay. Okay. I don't keep account. Many people have asked me this, and I should go back to my records and look. You know, I, I, like I wouldn't be surprised if we're over thirty masks at this point here. You know, and uh, going back to the Alice Cooper thing, um, that was actually, and I will, he will totally give me uh, credit for that because I said to him because found out that uh, Alice was a regular fan at the uh, Coyotes game. And I said to Smitty, I said, listen, why don't we uh, do a shout out to uh, Alice Cooper? He goes, well, you wanted to put his name on the back? And I said, no, I'm going to put his face on there. And he's like, no way, we ain't doing that. And fortunately, I'm the uh, the last say on what's happening on these masks. And uh, so it was sent down. I got a text from him just before the game. And he was pretty pissed. It was funny. And at the same time, I was actually flying out to, I think it was LA or something like that. So it was a four-hour flight. And by the time I landed, my phone had blown up. Um, with requests for interviews like TMZ, which who never covers uh, hockey or whatever like that. They, they asked him for interviews and stuff like that. So I think my point was taken and uh, Smitty trusts me pretty well now these days. One of the other cool projects that I'm looking at on your Instagram here is the Hub City mural. Uh, how did that kind of come together? And I mean, it's it's a fascinating piece of artwork as well. Like It's just beautiful. Yeah, no, the, um, as mentioned, I, I've worked with the NHL for the better part of 20 plus years now, and I have my program called the LMX, which is the live mural experience. Um, so what they wanted to do was, you know, with it being such a unique event, you know, like, and hopefully we never have to do that again. They wanted to celebrate it um, where we uh, created a mural around all the Western teams uh, with their captains. So it was, I was in there probably about 10 days, four of which was uh, in quarantine. And thank God for Sons of Anarchy and all those <laughs> other things. I'm going to blow my head off there. <laughs> so, that, yeah, so then I painted over the period of six days, you know, and I was right at the front of the entrance to um, the arena, to the Rogers Center there inside the building. And the team is like always past me every day. And I, I'm I, like, I know a lot of these guys. So it was fun when they would come up and especially when I'm painting the actual captain, you got Landers Gog coming in, like he, he photobombed me during a, an interview, you know, there, all the guys were having a lot of fun with that piece. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a great piece. It was just so much fun to do. And the guys got a kick out of seeing it come together and it was great socially for the NHL as well. If you go to my website, you can actually see the video of the, uh, creation of the uh, mural that the NHL did. That website, by the way, davidarigo.com, David, A-R-R-I-G-O.com. Uh, so you're obviously safe to say you're a pretty big hockey fan. Have you been enjoying the uh, the start of the season here? Uh, it's been good. Uh, you know what? It's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I wasn't sure what to expect. I was really excited about having the Canadian uh, conference. I think this is fantastic. And again, I wasn't sure about what the thoughts, like how my feelings would be about each team playing themselves 10 times yeah. over the period but you know what i think it's going to make us for some really exciting stuff some exciting hockey um before you ask me who's my favorite team and all that we're not going there as i <laughs> joe and i am uh you know whoever that's it but um no i'm really excited about it there, there's some really good things we've been seeing and, and i think it's going to start getting pretty uh ratcheted up pretty soon can you give us a teaser of what's coming up next in your world is there anything you're working on right now in the nhl uh, for the NHL, we're, we've got a few programs that are coming up. I'm uh, working with one of their partners, uh, Jagermeister, where we're going to bring a, a bunch of uh, unique items that will be used on social uh, media for, for uh, just to drum up attention and stuff like that. Uh, there's a few programs coming down the road, and as well as uh, Smitty's second mask will be uh, on the road pretty soon, too. So I got a question about, let's just say a guy was coming up on his 10-year anniversary and he wanted to get his wife a pair of custom shoes. 
but wanted to buy her some nice white Nike shoes. And it was a guy, let's say his name was Chris Chalmers, and he wanted to commission them from you with a custom design. A, is that possible? And two, I don't know if you'll answer this one, but like, what is something like that going to run a brother? Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know, nothing like uh, catching me on uh, live uh, video here. Sure. You don't have to answer the price thing. You can DM me later. But seriously, no. like, if I really, if I, like, I, I looked at the shoes, they're amazing. They're like, what, football players? Like, you've done a lot of stuff for the CFL players, I've noticed. And, like, every week I see what kind of NFL players are doing with their shoes, and I want a pair. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just wondering if someone, a guy like me, could get them from, a, from you. Like, if I DM'd you or something, like, I'm just public. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I do a lot of work um, outside of pro leagues, you know, like uh, I've worked with the NFL, NASCAR, the NHL, MLB for for many, many years. And at the same time, I do a lot of work for uh, private commissions. I absolutely do that. As it goes for pricing, just like with anything, you know, it, it all depends on what you're looking on, you know, design, concept, like it, it, it can start at like, you know, seven to $800 and go from there, all depending on what you're looking for. This sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, I David, a pair of, like really outrageous ones. <laughs> anyway, sorry, <laughs> David. This interview is awesome, man. This it was really cool to chat with you and kind of get a look into this uh, this world of sports artwork. Appreciate the time. No problem. One more, one more question: who oh, did you make the Slimer? Who did you make the Slimer Oilers mask for? Who was that for? The Slimer. Um, okay, that was Boston Pizza. Okay. Uh, okay. It was a corporate deal that we did. Um, it was designed by uh, a kids. It was a design and mask, a design and mask contest. Like I've done the uh, hockey Canada design and mask contest for probably about 11, 12 years now. Oh, wow. And fortunate enough to actually do all the hockey Canada helmets this year where we um, celebrated uh, women's hockey, which was a lot of fun too. Part of the uh, Jane foods. Uh, yeah. Um, all in program. It was really, really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's wait. great. Perfect. Thanks for your time, David. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. Oh, man. There you go. It's David Arrigo. Uh, it's Tom cool stuff. just doing his uh, anniversary shopping during an interview. Yeah. Not a big deal. Hey, how much do I have to pay you for a pair of shoes? Dude, have you never wondered how much one of those masks hey. cost in a call center? Chalmers, Probably I respect it. It's a very efficient use of time. Yep. I, I just, I, there was like, like the timing, I if we would have been on him with with him for another ten minutes, I want to know like is he airbrushing these things? Is is it like a layered thing? I, I'm I mean I could I know I could watch a YouTube video of it, but not every day you get a guy that actually does it and does it for you know Canadian hockey goalies and Canadian yeah. like CFL players. So man, they were cool. I was looking up some of his stuff and he's got some impressive stuff. Yeah. Jeez, this guy's done a lot of work. It's really impressive. Good. Uh, Good get your M Chuck. That uh, I, I think that, that that's that's a good type of guest to bring on and hear some more context and backstories about you know, all these talented individuals doing things like this. So yeah. I was, you know what? I and I'm, a little, myself, I'm a little disappointed in, in you, Jr. and Bag Milk. They didn't ask him what the hell's wrong with Smitty Smith. It's a knee problem. Well, you don't. That, that's <laughs> oh, like, that's like, no, I know. That's like attorney-client confidentiality. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to. Oh, like, trust you, me, it entered my mind. I was you know you're chick? Like, it's an knee problem? What, what do we what Greg, you know? What do you know? Gregor's speculating it's a knee problem. Gregor's heard it's a knee issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, the old boy got out of bed weird. He twisted it up, and now he's on the shelf. <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always said, tall guys, skinny legs, they don't last. Just kidding. <laughs> That's in football. That's your football. Uh, <laughs> that is my football thing. Wide receivers and quarterbacks with skinny legs—they never last. That's Lamar why I don't Jackson, play football. Start, start working your legs. 
Uh, but yeah, that was a cool chat. Like it, it all started kind of like he said, 20 years ago, painting something for Gretzky. And like, it's cool how his career sort of evolved from there. And if you go to his, his website, I'll plug it again here. David Arrigo. Oh, he's already DM'd me. And sorry, he's already emailed me and said that was a ton of fun. Would love to hop on again. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll do that when Mike Smith's uh, new, new mask comes out. But his website, David Arrigo, A-R-R-I-G-O.com. Um, you go on there and like the amount of stuff he's done, Olympic games, Invictus games, like all this stuff. He did world juniors. We talked about the bubble. He's done stuff for Gretzky, for Ovechkin, all-star games, like super, super cool shit. Fascinating guy. Chris Chalmers. And yeah, soon to do a pair of shoes for Chalmers I'm anniversary. Getting I'm getting a pair of those shoes, man. Like I've, wa- I've always wondered how those guys, like, what, like, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I could have ever thought of to go get a pair of shoes like that was to go to like somebody who does custom paint jobs or like bike jobs where they do like airbrushing. Yeah. Um, now I know a guy and I swear to God, if you, I'll have those shoes within a year. And I just don't know what design I would get. It's like a tattoo. It's got to be the right thing. And the only reason I, I never get tattoos is because I can never decide what the hell I want. So now you know that it's going to be seven, $800. Are those going to be for you? Or are they going to be for Mrs. Chalmers? Oh. <laughs> you know what you should uh, yeah. do? Me. You should wow. just send him I'll like get one of like, each. And then it can be like a little art piece of artwork, right? Put it in like a shadow box. You get one of each. Yeah, I don't see me wearing them, that's for sure. Like, well, I'd imagine. One to rock. Yeah, yeah. And then they have to be the perfect shoes because those white, those white like uh, cleats that football players wear are the perfect shoes because there's lots of flat white canvas on them. So I'm thinking they're going to have to be a pair of like Nike. Like, I think I'm going to have to buy those custom white Nike high tops. Yeah. Or else the low tops that, yeah. Oh, fun. I like, I got something to think about now. Something to design. Chalmers is going to be up to like wee hours in the morning, like sketching shit out. (laughs) I guarantee I'm going to go over the $800 mark though, because I'm going to be a pain in the ass to deal with. Cause I have no idea how to do that kind of stuff. Design investment. Yeah. Oh yeah. If this podcast had its own pair of shoes, what kind of stuff would be on there? You know what? You know what? Maybe we got to get Twig and Berries a custom pair of shoes, or maybe this is a good segue. We get Twig and Berries to start doing custom nutsack underwear for people. <laughs> huh? Or Oilers Nation Twig and Berries collab sweatpants. The That's sweatpants would be the cool at Twig and Berries. The sweatpants, man, we've needed sweatpants my entire career at the oh. nation we need fucking sweatpants right so but with shoes he's working on a leather surface with a mask he's working on what like yeah. i don't even know what it is acrylic like i don't know i don't know what the surface of the mask is i have no idea mask. but we're talking sweatpants like he'd have to make like a design and then you'd have no, to go no, to no. We're, we're chalmers this is now turned into an ad read for twig and berries twig and berries.ca Home of Nutsack oh. Underwear, no judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, <laughs> just real men. Use the promo code NATION15 for 15% off. Chalmers, you're talking about anniversary presents. How about you go pick up the Getting Lucky Threesome? It's 50 bucks right now, twiggyberries.ca, a red pair of Nutsack Underwear, a red Nutsack long sleeve shirt, and a pair of, so- of you know love-themed socks, you know? Huh? Perfect for anniversaries, yeah. Valentine's Day? <laughs> We're already past our 10-year anniversary, so uh, I was just using that as a crutch to get hit, to, to really get in his graces to say, you know, I'd like to do something for something special like that. So You were hoping to, to get it comped. You'd hoping he'd be like, hey, well, for this podcast, anything. <laughs> yeah. Now I, he'll listen back to this and know that it was not at all for the wife, but really for you. 100%. Yeah. Not for her. She wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't give a shit about a pair of shoes like that. 
I sure would, though. It'd be like the time I bought her a PlayStation 4 because I told her we needed a Blu-ray DVD player. So I bought her that for Christmas. I bought her a Blu-ray DVD player, but it was really a PlayStation 4 for myself. Uh, my dad it's, it's sort of like that but not really my dad loves like hockey memorabilia hockey artwork and all that stuff um and one year i remember it too because i would have been whatever it was like immediately after the 2010 olympics so i would have been like 13 14 years old and uh we were in like an art shop and he saw this picture of uh sydney crosby and it was like a painting by Stephen Holland. So it's like a really cool, like oil painting kind of thing. And uh, my dad's like looking at it, humming and hawing. Fast forward to Christmas that next year. And he opens up a present under the tree and he's like, oh, wow, this whole this whole fucking painting. And you can tell my mom is pissed. But like uh, like I had younger cousins over all that stuff. So it's like a younger crowd. And my dad just looks at my mom. He's like, hey, Santa brought it for me. What are you going to say? And my mom just could not say anything about this fucking expensive ass painting my dad got because he just sat there and looked at her and was like, hey, Santa brought it. What do you want? It was great. <laughs> it's a baller move. Yeah, it is a baller move. Uh, heady, heady, heady play. Um, how much hockey you guys been watching this year? Like, has anyone been paying attention to much outside of the Oilers? My favorite part about the first week of the NHL season is that the center ice package is free and I don't buy the center ice package during the year. So like for the last week, I've been pretty much watching every single game I can get my eyes on. It's been fucking unreal. Okay. I didn't know that. So that's good to know. So do you get that from your regular cable provider? Because last night I had a three team parlay that was dependent (laughs) on the Minnesota wild, uh, uh, holding on to their victory and with five minutes left i had gotten home and i wanted to turn it on but of course the only game on was the vancouver um uh montreal vancouver, who the hell montreal game yep. and i so I, I didn't even know that so you can get it from your cable provider you can just go get nhl center ice or do you have to yep. go online no you get it's from your cable provider so game center and center ice are like two different things but yeah center ice uh I just, I, if I click the button on my remote that says sports, it'll like throw up all the uh, games and it'll always say like center ice. Enough. I don't use that enough. Ah. Um, but yeah, I've been watching a ton. I've been watching, yeah, just a ton of hockey. And you know what? Who's really impressed me? I wasn't sure how the Petrangelo thing would work out in Vegas, but that team is a fucking wagon, man. Like they are deep yeah. up front. Robin Leonard is still looking good. Flurry's one of the better backups going right now. And that blue line is just a beast, man. With Theodore and Petrangelo, they have two number one demon. And there are not very there are not very many teams that can say they have one number one defenseman. Never mind two. So Vegas, I've been loving watching Vegas so far. How is that sustainable? How is that roster sustainable? Well, it's barely sustainable now, right? And and that's the problem. Like you go on Puckpedia, and if you dig through all the teams, what you'll find a handful that are kind of in cap hell. But like Vegas, for a team that got to start with a blank slate and was not in cap hell, they've dug themselves into that spot quickly. And granted, they're winning. They have a hell of a roster. They've gotten guys like Stone and Pacioretty and Petrangelo. They got Theodore signed long term. They got Laner now. Like all that stuff. But they're right now they got three hundred thousand dollars in cap space. Like it's not great. Well, they don't need anymore. Like their roster's so legit. Yeah. Speaking of getting stuff done, Tyler, I was setting up your weekly rumors roundup that's going up at Oilers Nation here right away. What is the thing you wrote about Nooch? Explain this to me, please. So Frank Saravalli every year does his uh, yearly bold predictions. And in his bold predictions for this season, he said that Ryan Nugent Hopkins will become the number one free agent on Ed, on TSN's free agent list when free agency opens. So his prediction was that Nuge is going to become a free agent. And the day he released that, actually, he did a hit on uh, on TSN 1260. And he kind of said, 
Edmonton's been very, very firm in the negotiations, telling Nuge they're not going above seven. Like there is, they are not spending more than seven million dollars a year on him. And Frank was just kind of wondering, like, if Edmonton's firm there, he wonders if Nuge doesn't just go, you know what, I can get a better deal on the open market. And he said Nuge wants to stay in Edmonton. All the players on that team love him and want him to stay. The organization wants to keep him, but he just wondered if maybe there's a fracture in terms of how much each side kind of values him. And if Nuge, like what if Seattle sits there after the expansion draft and they can sign Nugent Hopkins for five years, eight and a half mil a year, like just a crazy big contract. And like, how could he say no to that? Right. And I think that was kind of where Frank was coming from was like, there are going to be teams in a really good spot potentially to give him money to be a number one center, not just be the guy who's riding shotgun with McDavid or dry So I think that's kind of where Frank was going with that point. But then I also see that you that Elliot Friedman is saying that they could be close on an extension. But then Friedman kind of ends it ends his point by saying they've been close since the off season. So he, the tone I think I got from the Friedman one was, you know, Friedman says they've been close since whenever October, November, how come it's not done yet. And again, like that almost leads me to be a little concerned. Like, are they truly just waiting? And they're going to say, Hey, for this season, just focus on playing hockey. We'll get a deal done at some point. Or is it like in October, November, we had no idea whether there was even going to be a season. So I, I completely understand why negotiations on a new extension would break down at that point. Yeah. Potentially they were going to be withholding. They didn't know what the cap was like. There was a lot of unknowns at that point of of the calendar year. Yeah. I, and negotiations really from everything we've heard, haven't picked back up yet. Like I'm not concerned. I said it in my rumors blog that like, I think this gets done at some point. And I like for me, I love Nuge, not as much as you love Nuge bag milk, but I love the Nuge. So I, I have no played like shit last night. What do you think about that? Yeah, he he's been up and down to start the Nuge. year, but I he's had, he's having a rough start. Nuge is starting slow for sure. He looked like he looked he it was a very preseason game for Nuge last night. He was double clutching on shots. He wasn't in the right spot at times. He was mishandling the puck like it just he didn't look right last night. I would have no problem. Like I would give Ryan Nugent Hopkins seven years. I think he's durable enough. I think he's the kind of guy who can be productive into his mid thirties. I have no problem going seven years with him. And you know what? If it brings the AAV down, I would almost go eight years with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like it, cause you gotta remember the, the most he could get on the open market is seven years from another team. Right? So if That's another legitimately team legitimately keeping him forever, hell yeah, man, definitely be keeping him forever. But I, I know that I know that you guys think that like I, he, even if he comes out and says like I want to be here, you guys probably underestimate the the feeling of change. He, things have not been great while he's been here, and just the idea of going somewhere else, like that's what scares me the most about him. And it is like the minute you get in your mind that you're making a change in some way, or you're like doing something, and you get kind of excited about it, it's really hard to turn that off, right? So if the longer this goes, don't you think that the more chance that he starts to think that way, especially if this season isn't successful? Like that's my fear. I don't know. Like for me, I, I look at that and kind of go, you're hearing everything that he doesn't want to leave. He he's interested in signing here in Edmonton and he's been through so much shit here that you could also spin that as he wants to see it through. He wants to eventually have the sort of finality of winning here in Edmonton. And also, like, yeah, if word on the street is like, like, let's just follow the Seattle thing through. Does he really want to go to an expansion team? 
And I'm the only teams the, here. the only teams that could no. really afford to give him a lot of money are teams that are not contending. Bad. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean I hope like I, I, I was looking at the graphic from last night's game and you see that it's, you know, on what they put the three best players on the team, right? And you see that on the Toronto side, it's Matthews, it's Tavares, and it's Marner. And then on our side, it's Nuge, Dreisaitl, and Connor McDavid. And Nuge is the big guy. He's at the top, right? And I'm just like, I hope that he feels like he can be part of this. Like, I, I don't know. He, he, I, would just, I would say I would need, I would need, I would need to see that that was going to happen, that it was going to happen. Because if I was playing in the, for the Oilers the last five years, I'd have been a little discouraged at this point. Sportsnet tweeted last night, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has 44 points, now 45 points, 17 goals and 28 assists in his last 35 games since December 31st, 2009. That is the fifth most points in the NHL. So where is he going to get a chance to play with either Connor or Leon? Yeah, yeah. I, I know he's made his bank. Like I'm looking at Puckpedia right now. The guy's got shit tons of money in the bank already. And, and, and he's gonna sign if he signs with us. It's gonna be for a shit ton more money. And I, like we're, we we are positioning to have our window open up. So may as well stay with the devil you know. And plus that that <laughs> Connor McDavid as well driving the bus. Uh, it's it's probably wise to stay with us. Well, that's what I'm thinking too. Like even all of us are saying Nuge isn't playing his best right now. I think we all agree on that, but he still has four points in five games. Oh yeah. A lot of players aren't. That's that's hilarious. Well, that's coming off the back of like that one game, I think, but a lot of players aren't playing their best. Like we're like that. That's the thing that's so funny about this is the Oilers are not playing nowhere near to their potential. It's not that we need them to play above their potential to win hockey games. We just need them to play like somewhat normal to their potential. And they we are need not. Them to play. This is- we need them to play like they all know what they're doing together. Because right now it looks like there's a whole bunch of people doing different things at the same time. And it is frustrating to watch. It's, there's no yeah. there's no continuity between this team right now. But, and but that's the, squeak but out that's one the last positive week. too, though, Chalmers. That's a positive too because they're they're, I can they're see playing how you look at it that way, right? Like they they just once they just make tweaks and just start being normal again. We're not asking them to be above their normal abilities. Like just get back to normal and just see the damage we're able to do. Like so, I don't think yeah. like we should be concerned. Like muckety muck last night, pull off the win. Who cares? We're still I th- we're still in like preseason mode knocking off the rust and figuring out our fucking rhythm because there is I know, no I just rhythm don't, right now. I, I just don't think in 56 game season that you have that much time to do that. And that's no, my, and that's, that's my true. worry. And, and you're, and you're basically saying that, look, yes, the upside, they tweak a few things and they step on it and they're going to be a totally different team, but they have to do that still. Right. Like they have, they, yep. you can say that, but if we find ourselves 12 games in and they're six and six, you're still going, they've been the same team for now, you know, 15% of the season to start. And it's like, they're 20, power play questions. Is, yeah, the power, the power play just needs to improve. But the beauty, and plus we need to fucking be able to pass, but like the beauty about this Canadian division and how the NHL is, is because every point, every game's a four point game. But like, all you have to do is just get hot at the right time. If, if, if it takes a little bit longer to figure it out, get hot at the right time and just start winning games. Uh, in consecutive fashion and just start going on a heater, which is if they're gelling, they will be able to do in this division. And it's all about getting hot at the right time. If they heat up in the second half, like 
that, that's that's an ideal situation. Then they're going to go into the playoffs rolling, and then you know see see what kind of damage they could create. But you're right; we can't create too much of a hole right now. So hopefully, last night was kind of a step in that right direction. Gross game, but we got the W. So hopefully, that's just building the confidence and getting that flow back and removing all this double guessing and second and then double pumping and all this type of shit that we're seeing when these guys get at the puck. Because you can actually you can actually see them thinking sometimes, and you can't have that. Uh, everything's got to be reaction, natural reaction, and it's all within them. So I just hate you. Hey, Jay, ask, ask, ask Scott what he thinks about last night's game. Scott Hastings from Montreal joins us now on the Real Life Podcast. <laughs> Resident Leafs fan. I'll gladly, ask Scott, I'll Leafs gladly ask Scott two things. What he thought about last night's game and how he thought the, the Browns game went from a betting uh, against the spread perspective. Which Where do you want me to start? You want me, me to start with a team that gets outplayed for three periods but manages to get a win? Or, <laughs> no, let's start uh, with well, the Browns then. <laughs> okay, we'll go there then. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like. I thought the Browns played uh, quite well. You know, despite some people dragging them down about uh, Patrick Mahomes being injured, and that's the only reason it was close. I call BS on that. Uh, I thought the Browns played a, a respectable game. They, uh, you know, they were a little outmatched as we probably all knew going into that game, but uh, they hung on, hung in there and uh, covered. So that's. Uh, that's all we can ask for if you're if you're a backer of the Browns. And uh, the team you say got outplayed last night, but still managed to walk away with two points. I take it you were uh, for me. My favorite part was that the Oilers were plus three twenty five on the puck line, and I cashed that. Uh, but not not a big fan of your Leafs last night. No, I thought I thought Toronto played very okay. well. Um, I, I think uh, the big thing that I've watched uh, or noticed from the Leafs is the problem in the, the in naps. I think Freddie has let them down a little bit uh, where, you know, they, they, they will control the puck offensively for, for large chunks of time and, and uh, look like they're really controlling the game. Then the puck will naturally come back to their defensive zone and you look for that big stop and it's just not been there. Um, so, you know, that's, that's part of the game, I guess. Uh, I actually had the Oilers, so... Oh. From a betting perspective, I was happy with the result, uh, but uh, performance-wise, I thought the Leafs probably should have won that game, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll take it for a bankroll, hey? Okay, so to try to That's get right. in the mind of somebody who does this, you know, is, is a sharp at this, um, they were obviously the underdog yesterday. What, what made you think that? Why did you go with the others? I also did, but why did you... Yeah, just classic Leafs. I've watched them so many times that, you know, like uh, when they played Ottawa on the Friday night there, that was uh, automatic. You know, they came off a, a close game with Montreal. Ottawa hadn't played yet. I was like, Leafs are going to lay a dud. That's just what they do. Uh, yeah, I think they got Calgary on Saturday or Sunday. They'll probably lose that game. It's just it's just what Toronto does. But then they'll, you know, they, they play again uh, tomorrow night. Here. Toronto and Edmonton <laughs> yeah. play on Friday. <laughs> Uh, and I, I could see Toronto winning that one and covering on the puck line. So it's just one of those things that the Leafs will will do that. They'll lay those eggs that they shouldn't lose, and uh, it's part of the, the North Division. That's going to be lots of fun. 
It's funny being Oilers fans and Leafs fans talking about this together because we've just all been hurt so many times before, yes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I know. I, on the, on, the, on, the, on the, like, the other side of it, we could have said if the Oilers lost, because well, that's just what the Oilers do. They go down yeah, to Toronto yeah, and they lose. Yeah, exactly. So it feels, it, it, I, listen, it feels good to be here. We could, we, we could be on the other end of this five times having this exact same conversation five times each where we're feeling this way. Yeah. Well, I thought those were the two Today's best teams in the North Division. Was I thought Toronto and, and Edmonton be what would be one two in some fashion. Uh, so you know why not take the dog in the first shot and see what comes out of that? And it, it paid off. So we'll see how this plays out over ten games. But uh, I, I thought there was large chunks of the game that that Toronto looked absolutely remarkable, and they've done this almost every game this this you know through five games that there's large chunks of offensive opportunities and they just, they're starting to cycle the puck. Like I've never seen a Leafs team do, which is, it blows my mind, but then they'll give up an issue in their own defensive zone. And that's puck ends up being in the back of the net. So I don't know. From a betting perspective, Scott, what are you seeing early in the season since there was no preseason really? There was no preseason abbreviated training camp. I find that the scores are a little bit higher than maybe what would be normal. What are you seeing from a betting perspective? Yeah, yeah. We are seeing a lot of overs, but then some of the, I find that there's the games that I would have been leaning towards an over or under, like, uh, it's sort of been the inverse of what I've been expecting sort of like Detroit Detroit's been hitting the over pretty good. And it's, that's a team that I figured we're going to make sloppy, slow type games that would play towards the under. So I've, I've had a little bit of a difficult time trying to judge these because the teams that I expected to play a little slower have been playing the opposite. So it's a, it's a little tricky and maybe that's just a little bit of them prepped for uh, the short season and coming out flying. Uh, or maybe I just misjudged them. Looking at sticking with the NHL here, when you look at a game, like for me, I I've been burned probably three times already this year going for the puck line when I probably should just take the freaking money line. But when there's puck line regulation line, and then the, the money line as well, how do you differentiate between the three when you're looking at a matchup? Or are you a guy that's just always, Hey, I'll stick with the money line and that's it. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's a good thing about hockey as opposed to basketball and football is that nobody takes the money line unless you're betting on a dog. But if you're betting on a favorite, you're not taking the money line in football. You look like a loser, uh, even though maybe you should sometimes, you know, <laughs> minus three, just take that out of it and take the money line. But nobody does that. You're a weirdo. Um, so <laughs> that's the fun thing about hockey is that the lines are not overinflated. Of course, you could get the avalanche against the Kings at minus 200 if you wanted to do something like that. But as far as your general run-of-the-mill NHL game, you're going to get the favorite at between, between minus 140 and minus 160. So that's that's not an insufferable line to lay. So I'll, I'll, I'll play the the money line, and if I really like it, I'll, I'll go with the dog. Um, or uh, Sorry, it's the, on the puck line. Uh, yeah, that's sort of the way I go about it. I don't really like the uh, in-regulation plays. I know it offers a little more juice, but it's just – it's just so many times you've been burned on just this uh, yeah. a, a tie game that it just it's not worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze in that yeah. sense. I'd rather just bring it to overtime, get the win or the shootout there. Well, and 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 to that effect, like there's a point in time that both teams play for the tie. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. So they're playing against you, right? So they're just getting into overtime, get the point, and then sort out the rest. Yeah. So it's it's that's a dangerous, dangerous game. What do you think about like doing the sprinkle? Like if you're like betting maybe like a unit on money line and then maybe like a quarter or half unit on the puck line or something like that as a strategy. Yeah, so that is actually one of the things I usually do. Is again, if I really like the matchup, if I'm not certain, but I, I you know I'm watching the game, so I got to play something. Uh, I'll just stick with the money line. But if it's something I, I firmly like and I'm betting because I I have a good feel, I will do the the one and a half. So I'll do a full, full, and again, it depends on the odds, but traditionally if, if we're looking in that minus 140, minus 160 range, I'll do a full unit on the money line and then a half unit on the puck line. But uh, it, again, if, if that line is, is a little tighter, I might just stick with the money line, but typically that is a route that I go is, is throw in there and hope for the empty netter. Let's take a look at the NFL coming up this weekend, championship weekend, oh. and uh, my Buffalo Bills, baby. They're humming along, and I'm loving it. The best, the best part about this is no matter what the Super Bowl is, it's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. All four teams are so good and something. There's different stories everywhere. I am. This is the most, uh, <clears throat> like, the, well, this is the best I've seen both championship games in a couple of years. Let's start with the, the Bills-Chiefs matchup, Scott. Are sportsbooks assuming Patrick Mahomes is going to play when you look at the, the Chiefs being just minus three against Buffalo? I think so. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that I, I do think that Patrick Mahomes will play. It sounds like that he wasn't knocked out, but rather yeah. choked out. I don't know. It's very bizarre. So um, what they're saying, what they're saying is like a pinched nerve. So like if yeah. a nerve pinched like something and, and kind of cut the oxygen off to his brain, which made him wheezy or like, like mm-hmm. look, look like he had a concussion. If you, if you look at the, like the film real slow motion, his helmet never hits no. the ground. His helmet slightly hits uh, the linebacker's arm and that's it. There's no mm-hmm. way that was a concussion. Yeah. Well, no, you, it's, it's you very can get peculiar. a concussion from like whiplash though, right? Like, like a Crosby, right? From the blow of the head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and well, in the Crosby one, I was actually going to say that because his concussion problems lasted for so long, and then it took, I don't even remember how long it was, months, and then when they realized it was a soft tissue neck injury, they had to fix, like, within two weeks, and I was like, how much are they paying you people not to figure this out? Like, seriously, if it wasn't concussions, could you not have looked at soft tissue issue at some point over those eight months and, and save this guy's career a little more, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I, I don't know what that situation is. He, he got up, he was a little wobbly, but if anyone here has ever been uh, knocked out or, or put to sleep a little bit, you do get that little woozy feeling, even if it was uh, a, a, you know, a lack of oxygen rather being rather than a, a, a blow to the head. So maybe it was just something odd that caught him, you know, cut off the carotid artery there for a second and uh, he, he blacked out. I don't know, but I think fully well that he will be playing uh, on on Sunday. So, do you do you like the Bills or Chiefs with that spread? Jeez, uh, this the game's really really tricky to me. I I actually lean. I think the Bills cover. I don't know if they win outright. It's so tricky. It is. I think that game is going to be really tightly contested. I think it's going to be an under. Um, really. It, yeah, I do. I think that the Bills, what I really liked seeing from the Bills against Baltimore is anytime there was a completed pass, there was somebody to make the tackle immediately. And they need to do that against the, the likes of uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill that if they miss a tackle, they're burned. It's six points on the board, right? So I think 
seeing them how tight they play defense. If they can do that with Kansas City, I don't think Kansas City puts up a lot of points. And on the flip side, you know, Buffalo struggled to put points up last week. You know, we're we're mid-January going into Arrowhead. I I like the under on that one. You got to think about Josh Allen and the road he will have to the Super Bowl if he makes it there. He will have taken out Phillip Rivers, Hall of Famer. He will have taken out Lamar Jackson and then Mahomes, and he'll be going against Brady Brady or Rodgers. Like, it's incredible, man. Like, and so Josh Allen will be a hero. Like, that'll be unbelievable. So I, I don't know, man. I don't think he'll do it. But you're looking, you're thinking under on this game. You're thinking not a lot of points scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not necessarily not a lot of points scored because the total is 53 and a half. So, uh, you know, we could still get, you know, Tampa Bay, New Orleans played uh, 30-20 and that would still hit on the under. Yeah. So not necessarily a low, low scoring game, but I, I do think that I, I liked what I saw from that Bills defense last week. Granted, it was Baltimore and, you know, their wide receivers aren't exactly as dangerous as Kansas City's. I just – there was something that I was really liking. They were all falling, uh, playing full tilt. And uh, if they can bring that same tenacity this week, yeah, I, I think they can hold Kansas City to a, a manageable number. So a question, uh, not a, about a specific game, but an over-underline. In my mind, I feel like um, a high over-under is like 54. Where do you put that threshold between a low-scoring game and a high-scoring game? Is that around like 48, 24-24 type of thing? Yeah, no, I, I think anything above 50 is starting to get in that high. If you can get 30 points and still get on in the on and under, you know, I think that's that's starting to get in the range of being a high total. Oh, like so the, anything north like of 50. Like the 39 to 9 game or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that didn't hit the over, even though yeah. the team scored 39 points? Yeah, brutal. So, yeah, anywhere it's like there. You said 54, and this total set at 53 and a half. I think for, for NFL, that's – that's on the higher end of, of just a pregame total. Of course, was it Kansas City, New Orleans two years ago where the total was at 59? I yeah. took the old over as high as you could, and it went to, I think, did they finish with over 100? I can't remember if they got no, to 100. No, no, or, no. I, I don't remember, yeah. They were um, in the 90s for sure. Scott, I know you don't like teasers, but let me run this by you. You tease the Bills up to plus nine and under 59 and a half points. Huh? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that hits on both sides. Well, what does that I pay? Do like, like, sure, minus one ten. What is something like? Yeah, mm. that's fine. I love teaser yeah. bets. Uh, okay, quickly yeah. here because we're we're running a little low on time. But Brady and the Bucks, Rogers and the Packers getting that home game in the NFC Championship game. For me, I like the Packers in this one. I think what they did to a number one defense last week. And yes, the Bucks played good. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But Drew Brees, Jared Cook, all those turnovers really are kind of the reason the Bucks were able to win that game. I don't think Aaron Rodgers makes the same mistakes. I'm going with the Packers. What about you, Scott? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that's. If I was to go with my favorite play this weekend, now that has blown up in my face recently, last couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe tail this or fade <laughs> this, take Tampa Bay. But I do like Green Bay to win and cover in this one. I just think, I think they're the mo- more cohesive unit. And we've just seen Tampa Bay, they've gotten on a little bit of a streak here and maybe it's all about peaking at the right time. Uh, I just don't think they're as good as Green Bay. And that's secondary for Tampa Bay. They had some leaky moments in that first half. They came up sharp in the second half and that's what, led to their victory. But that first half was a little touch and go at times. So if they come out like that first half, uh, Aaron will pick them apart. And uh, yeah, I like the Packers to move I just on think, to the Super I think Bowl. At the, 
Yeah, I think at this point he's just on another level. He's he's coming up to the line. They got cameras on his face. He looks at the defense and starts smiling. He is playing a different ball game right now, and it's. I don't think that the Bucks. As much as I want to see the story, because like I love stories in sports, and Brady winning a Super Bowl, going to a Super Bowl after beating Breeze and Rodgers, and then playing Mahomes, and maybe be. That is like be ultimate Peyton Manning style swan song. Like, even though he doesn't want to retire, I think that might be too good to be true. He might just have to be like, doesn't get better than that, you know? But yeah. that's what I mean. I think Rogers. I, I I got Green Bay, and even minus the three and a half. I think I think it's I think it's not going to be close. It'll I'm going, be. I'm going heavy. I'm going. I'm don't judge me. I'm going money line, but I'm going parlay though. I'm going heavy on. Green Bay, Buffalo money line parlay. Whoa! I got Packers Chiefs, and I don't think there's any other right answer. <laughs> oh, I just you gotta believe in the Bills Mafia, man. I don't know if I have the I stomach the to bet on my Bills this weekend, man. Like I'm Do just it. I'm on pins and needles already, and we're like what seventy some hours away from kickoff. I just I'm nervous well, already. But if you do and they win, how much better do you feel? Or I'm just going to be double upset and out money. Well, well whatever. Yeah. That's, well, that's important, the emotional man. hedge. Yeah. Emotional hedge is you bet on Kansas City. That I way. can't do that what either. Are you, what are you willing to lose to see your team win? That's what yeah. uh, Joe Glant always says. What are you willing <laughs> to lose to see your team win? Oh, man. I, I've never been known for the emotional hedge either. I either bet on my favorite team or I don't touch it and I just enjoy the game anyways. Uh, Scott, you enjoy the games this weekend. Um, I'm hoping that I think next week, since there'll be no NFL, we should start like some sort of NFL pick pool. We need to get something going to get more picks going on the podcast, but I'll let you know about that. Thanks for your time today, Scott. I got an idea. Word. I got an idea. Before the Super Bowl, I, be- I think we should all do one of those Super Bowl prop sheets and post sure. them. Oh, like, yeah. You know the ones that you, you print out for like a party where you – over yep. under on the anthem, everything like uh-huh. that. I say we do a podcast wide one of those. The five of us. I like we're it. Gonna we're gonna have. We're gonna have one. Oh, there you go. You are, oh, you're gonna have one. Let's we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Shark, yours. Beautiful. Odd shark's got everything awesome. I need. Quick, quick prop before I go. Austin Matthews over three and a half or four and a half shots. It's four four and one so far this year. Wow. I played it all last year. It was thirty two and eight and, a, and towards the back half of the season. So it's one of my favorite parlay or, uh, well, you props. can put it as a parlay booster, but yes, yeah, just a little prop. But typically they move the line up to over four and a half, but he's been automatic and he's getting over 20 minutes of ice. Uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great prop. All right. Thanks Scott. Enjoy Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the football this weekend, man. Hell yeah, fellas. Good luck. Enjoy. There you go. That's Scott Hastings from oddtrick.com. Everything you need to make the sharper pick, oddtrick.com. They got articles from their experts. They got the supercomputer. They have all the betting line information you need. Also at the top there, sports books you can trust as well. Good stuff from Scott Hastings and the folks at oddtrick.com. Don't forget that they'll also call you fellers. Fellers. I like that. He's an East Coast I guy. I too. Oh, I know. Scott's, Scott's a good dude. All right. Well, uh, those Oilers, man, two and three, a win tomorrow in Toronto, and they will be right there for the top of the Canadian division. So a uh, big game should be a ton of fun. My pregame podcast, better the game. Remember all those times you guys said fade your Remchuk? It's four and one to start the year. Look at that. What? Ooh. What I, I got to get off. I am riding the, the Barry point train and yeah. it's, and, and, and it's not coming into the station. 
So how about this bag milk for this analysis? I absolutely nailed on my pregame podcast. I said, I didn't like going over six and a half goals. Cause I felt like the game, you know, if it was going to be, if, if it was going to be high scoring, it might've been like three, three going into overtime. And then you wouldn't have hit that over. But I said, I like the Oilers to bounce back and finally get their offense going. So I took Oilers over two and a half goals scored as my pick of the game. And it nailed it with that. Oh, empty netter. Wow. wow. Good man. Nice. You really I'm going to hit your puck line. How much I do you just, love Josh Archibald today? Oh, I just I love so Josh Archibald the way he sunk that empty netter, too. He fucking ripped oh, that yeah. thing in. Ripped it. Uh, quick question for you guys. I know, obviously, you guys each have something that you do every game day. I know where bags, where bag milks is. is it's at, you know, Instagram, you know, yeah. after the after the game, the Bcast. I'm on this podcast with you guys, and I don't know where and when to find the pregame show, the pre-pregame show that you and Josh Park do, JR, and the one that Rio M. Chuck does. So why don't you just tell everybody where that is? Because if oh. there's got to be more people like me that just don't know. Fuck. You know what, Chalmers? Thank you for interviewing. If there's one thing we're terrible at is promoting ourselves. A hundred percent. I don't even know where to get it. I'm on the damn podcast. <laughs> so one thing I really want to strongly encourage our audience to do is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So the Nation Network YouTube channel, please subscribe that to that. <laughs> yes, we do. The Nation Network YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, anyway, your reaction is exactly why we need to start talking about it more. So please subscribe to that. So anything, anything video work that we create gets uh, posted up on there, including the pre pregame pregame show, your Remchuk, your podcast. What time? How how soon before puck drop do you get your podcast out? I always try to get it out at least four hours before puck drop, and you just got to go on Apple, Spotify, and search Oilers Nation pregame podcast with Tyler your Remchuk. Or just Oilers Nation pregame podcast. It'll probably pop up. We, and hit subscribe. Hit subscribe and then follow us on our social channels, Chalmers. Yeah. We push everything yeah. out through our social channels to try to drive the audience over to consume that. It works to, to some degree. But yeah, I know it'd be great to get some more subscribers. Tyler does a great job. He'll apparently, he's, he's making you money right now if you yep. listen to him. We're up two units on the air. Subscribe, rate, and review everybody. Come on. Support this thing. Yep. Preach, Chalmers. All right. Well, make sure you subscribe get, and review. Get, get me uh, paid so I can get my new shoes. Yes, Chalmers needs his <laughs> new shoes. Oh, yeah. Maybe subscribe to this podcast, too. I do. I do. I, this is all, this oh, is that wasn't a shot at you. That's to the audience. Maybe we yeah. should talk about no, the, this podcast. <laughs> and uh, leave Don't a review. on radio, though. You can subscribe <laughs> to both of them. There's time in everyone's week to listen to all the content we do, Chalmers. I love you, Bag Milk. I'm just kidding. No. Second biggest okay. hockey podcast in India, buddy. <laughs> All right. hey, number one in Peru over here. <laughs> Episode 249 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle and Twig and Berries. Remember, proceeds from in-store and curbside pickup orders at Oodle Noodle go right back to local charities, which is a great, great cause. And uh, Twig and Berries, 15% off with the promo code NATION15. Shout out to David Arigo. Find him, www.davidarigo. That's Arigo with two R's, dot com. And also our friend Scott Hastings from Odd Shark. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Oilers game, everyone. Episode 249 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. 
Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.